You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Wednesday. Today is such a good day to talk about making more money. I am such a fan of side hustles and increasing your income because mostly I've seen that people try to reduce their income so much, not their income, their expenses, excuse me. They try to reduce their expenses so much to the point where you feel like you're barely scraping by. And I do not like that scarcity mindset. To be very, very clear, that is appropriate sometimes. When I was paying off my debt, I was scrimping and I was down to basically living on nothing. And that was very okay, but it was a short period of time. See, that's the difference. If you think that you can reduce your expenses and maintain that long-term, you might be able to. Sometimes our personality types allow for that. But for the majority of people, it doesn't quite work and it leads to a lot of self-sabotage later because then you start to get stressed out, you start to feel overwhelmed, and you start to feel like, why am I even trying with this money stuff? This sucks. I work really hard, but I'm not seeing anything for my money. That's the piece that's really dangerous. So that's why I like to work personal finance at two angles. Yes, reduce your expenses. Super, super important. If you're paying down debt, absolutely, you need to do that. If you're trying to hit a financial goal, yes, you need to do that. You guys know I'm trying to invest in real estate property, so my expenses are going down. That's just the way it is. So next year will not be quite as much travel for me. And while that breaks my heart, I don't really care because I know it's a short-term sacrifice so that I can put more money into things that are more important to me later, which is cash flow. Now, when you're working your personal finance angle, you're reducing your expenses, increasing your income is a must. This is something that I think every single year, your income ideally, ideally should be increasing in some capacity. If it's not, then it's stagnant. And that could either be because you were in a career change where you moved back a couple notches so that you could start a new career. Super, super normal. As a whole, your income should be going up over time, not down. So that's where side hustles really come in. So if you're, if you've heard the term side hustle and you're like, okay, what is exactly is a side hustle. Basically, it's just any way of earning an additional income outside of your normal nine to five job. 
Okay. So people can have multiple side hustles. That's a normal thing. For me, I work full-time as a financial coach and podcaster. So that's my full-time gig. And then on the side, I'm an adjunct professor. And I also have a few other side hustles that I test. I find that side hustles are very, very normal, especially among millennials, where a lot of times it's out of necessity. You have to work a couple odd jobs in order to pay the bills and survive. And sometimes it's out of fun. So a side hustle is basically just anything that brings in extra income. Now, let me tell you why I like side hustles so much. I know I've talked about this quite a bit. Yes, I like making money. I think we should all unapologetically pursue making more money. I think the more people that make more money, the better off we are as a whole. We can give back. We can help out. We can enjoy life on our own. I just think making more money is always a good thing. I don't ever apologize for wanting to make more money. And I hope you don't as well. But that doesn't mean that only making money is why I like side hustles. I love side hustles because I find if you take them seriously, you learn so many skills that are directly transferable over to any career path, into your life, into your current line of work, whatever area you're going into, you're going to learn some skills that are directly helping your career as a whole. And even if it's not helping your career and it's finding some type of fulfillment, that's what life's all about. Life is not just about making more money for the sake of making more money. It's about making more money so that you can invest in the things that bring you joy. That's why I like making more money. And what I find is people that test side hustles, they learn those different skills and it makes them more marketable so they can go back into the workplace, they can renegotiate their salary, they can show how they can bring additional value because ultimately value creates money in the workplace. And when you bring more value, you directly are going to see your income increase as a result of that. So that's why I'm such a fan of side hustles. And if you haven't noticed, there's a theme here. I'm actually starting to talk a lot more about making money instead of reducing expenses. Not that I don't think reducing expenses is important, but because I want you guys to be so focused on how do I get more money? How do I get more money out of my time so that I can start to slow down later? I don't have to do this forever. It's a phase and that's completely normal. But honestly, not to get a little like scare tactic-y here, but one of the things that has been on my mind lately is recessions. And I don't know when we're going to have the next recession. I have no clue. Frankly, nobody does. Nobody can predict when a recession will happen. But we can look at data and we can statistically look at what does the economy do as a whole over the past few years or even the past 10, 20, 30, 100 years. We can start to look at trends and see what does that mean for us today. And one of the trends that we're seeing is that our market has been great here in the United States. We've been doing really, really good. Yes, there's been a couple little dips, but as a whole, our economy has grown. And that's awesome until it's not, right? So eventually, we're going to have some type of a downturn. I don't know when. Honestly, I get kind of excited for downturns because if you're financially prepared for this and you have money set aside then you can make some serious money moves. A little Cardi B there, right? But seriously, you can. You can make some really amazing money moves where you can buy real estate for a fraction of the cost. You can invest more in stocks when it's basically, quote unquote, on sale. You can do all kinds of stuff. If you've always wanted a nicer car, you can purchase a nicer car. Maybe you just want to sit back and relax and maybe help out your family or friends if they're struggling financially during recessions. That's cool too. The thing is, the people that win during recessions are the people that have money. And I want you to win. I want you to to not just win, but crush it in life. I seriously do. I think we can all win together. It's not a zero-sum game where some of us win and therefore it's at the expense of others. I don't have that mindset. I really do believe that we can all 
rise together and just kick butt in our lives. And I want that for you. So that's why I want you to start thinking about recessions. And what does that mean? How do I make my financial life recession proof? I know that sounds kind of weird, but to make your life financial, your financial life recession proof, you have to have a couple elements in place. First and foremost, you have to have an emergency fund. You guys know this is a financial podcast. We talk about this all the time. Emergency funds are life. You need to have that fund in place. And if you're wondering how much, three to six months is very sufficient of your living expenses. Now, when you're calculating your living expenses, it's okay to just include some things like eating out, maybe your gym membership, whatever that might be. Some of the more fun, quote unquote, luxury items, include that in your emergency fund if you so choose. If you were to lose a job or if you were to go through a financial hard time and you don't really see yourself canceling certain things, then include that in the fund. For example, I include my gym membership in my emergency fund because I know if something really bad happened to me financially, I would still need to have the gym to keep my mental sanity. So for me, that's a necessity. It's not really like on paper a necessity, but I view it that way. The other thing that I would not cancel is Netflix and Hulu. I don't know why. I've got issues, but I wouldn't cancel those. So those are included in my emergency fund as well. And it's okay. There's no right or wrong way to do that, but you have to make sure you've got that number. You've got it in line. You are ready to go with your own emergency fund. So calculate that number today. Look at your savings account and see if you have enough money there. And if you don't, it's time to start boosting that up a little bit. Okay, and then once you have your emergency fund done, the next piece to make your life financially recession-proof is to tackle your debt. That is not fun. I get it. No, I think there's a quote that says, all debts are fun when acquiring them, but none are fun when you set about retiring them. Like, how true was that, right? So none of these debts are going to be fun to pay off, but it's a critical, it's a really important piece of your financial life. It's one of those things you will never regret paying off debt. I can promise you that. Unless you paid off debt at the expense of an emergency fund, then you might regret that later but that's for another conversation. So just get your debt completely paid off. Focus with full intensity. Yes, you do need to reduce your expenses there and increase your income, but that would be step number two to making your entire financial life recession-proof so that when the downturn comes, you're okay. You're sitting in a solid position. Most recessions last about 18 months. So really, it, during recessions, it feels like they last forever and during any type of downtime, but historically, it's 18 months. So you just have to survive and thrive during 18 months, but you can do that if you do a little bit of preparing. The thing, the reason I'm talking so much about recessions is because we have not seen one in a while, like 10 years actually, which is not very normal. And so I do get a little bit concerned when our market keeps growing and growing and growing and everybody seems to have their blinders on and assuming that everything's going to keep growing and growing and growing. That's just not the way economics works. And it really concerns me as a financial coach. And as a human, I just see that and it just, it freaks me out a little bit. I don't want people to get so much into the path. Like when times are good, that's when we should be sacrificing even more. Ironically, I know, but we should be sacrificing more and increasing our income so that when times are not so good, we can again, make those money moves. We can start to just feel a little bit more secure with our lives. So that's why I'm talking about this piece specifically is it just really concerns me and I don't see enough people taking it seriously. There's no urgency there. And I understand there's no urgency when things are good. I totally get that, but I don't want it to be that way. (laughs) I don't want it to be that way for you. So I want you to just take a little bit of urgency and really start to hone in on first and foremost, how do I make my life recession proof? And now how do I increase my income through side hustles? So I have made a commitment to you guys, to myself, that I will test side hustles and let you know how they go. 
if it's worth it, if it's not worth it, what you can do, how you might implement these. And frankly, I've tested quite a few. My whole goal is to test a side hustle every 30 to 60 days and then report back to you how it is. So we're going to talk about some side hustle ideas that I have personally tested. I'll tell you the pros and the cons of each. I'll tell you how to get started in them. And I will ultimately tell you if it's worth it. So the first side hustle that you guys know I've been testing is flipping furniture. Now, let me tell you how I find the furniture. We've talked about this, but I'm going to get super, super specific specific in this episode. So you know exactly what to do. So for flipping furniture, what I do is I first and foremost go to the Idaho auction. So I'm in Idaho. Every state has its own auction. If you go highbid.com, H-I-bid.com, you can find a list of different auctions in your area. Just make sure you're checking the location so you don't have to drive clear across state to pick up furniture. So how this works is I will go online. I will go on the auction. I will look through estate sales. I'll look through all of the different pieces and I will start to bid on items. First, I usually create like a watch list. You can star an item and it will save it to your watch list so you can go back through and review it again. But for here in Idaho, the auctions that I look at are in Nampa and Meridian, Idaho. These are just two cities and I have pretty good luck with both. So what I do is I watch list the item. I will go look through all the different items. I'll see what the bid is currently at, how many people are bidding on it. If it gets too competitive or if I see like 10 to 12 people bidding on the same item, I usually will walk away from that. It's not worth my time and I'm not trying to just win an auction. I'm trying to make money. So I will typically walk away. So I will get all of my items in line. I will start to prioritize which one do I think I could actually flip the fastest. And what I'm looking for is items that are everyday essentials that people will absolutely need. I don't dive into collectibles. I don't know anything about those. So I steer clear, but furniture is something that I can kind of prioritize and see if it's in good condition, if it's something that everybody's going to need, like a kitchen table. I don't have great luck with entertainment stands as much. I kind of steer clear of end tables. I haven't had amazing luck with that either. So for me, it's kitchen tables and chairs. Those are the items that I have found work really well and sell pretty quickly. So those are the items that I tackle first. So I will bid on the item and my bid, my whole goal when I'm flipping a piece of furniture is I have to make at least $20 in profit. That's just my own personal rule of thumb. You can do whatever you want. If you're okay with a $10 profit per item, that's awesome. Do that. For me, it's $20. If I won't make at least $20 in profit, it's not worth my time. Then once I have selected my items, I bid it on them. If I win the auction, I will then drive my SUV. I have a Nissan Murano, and I'm not kidding. This car, this SUV is like a truck. I treat it probably like crap, and I feel kind of bad about that. But I will take my Murano over to wherever the auction is. I will load up all of my furniture and then drive it home, put it in my garage, and then I will list it on Facebook Marketplace. So that's where I'm listing all of the furniture. I haven't got into eBay for shipping large items. I know it's possible. I just haven't done that yet. But that's where I list and I sell my furniture. There's another app called OfferUp that you can definitely use if that is helpful for you. It's another listing site. I don't mess with Craigslist. I actually find the quality of leads on Craigslist to be straight garbage. I will buy furniture from there on occasion, but I don't typically do that. So that's the first place I will get furniture and list it. Now, here's how I how I structure this. I will go a little bit higher on the price point. So for example, I bought a table off of an auction that was $8.80. That was my total purchase price with auction fees and tax. So $8.80 is my 
profit or not my profit, my all in, that's my cost. And then I listed it on Facebook marketplace for $100. Nobody bought it within the first couple days. I'm trying to move furniture quickly. So I would go in Facebook marketplace and reduce that price. It ended up selling for, I think it was $80. And so I made a pretty decent profit. You know, my all in cost was about nine bucks. I sold it for about $80. That's a pretty decent profit. So that was a good one. And that's how I will structure it. If something's not selling, I will lower the price. My goal is not to get the big bang for my buck. It's to move my inventory while making a profit. So sometimes I have to take a little bit of loss, but that's okay. That's part of the game. So that's the first place where I'll go to go through an entire transaction just so you can see like from start to finish how I do that. The second place that I will go for furniture is directly on um, thrift stores. Thrift stores locally are amazing. I went to DI one time, which is one of the thrift stores here. And when I got in there, they had just gotten a patio furniture set. And that was in great condition. The cushions were like pretty much perfect. There was no stains. It was a really, really nice piece. It was a wicker resin furniture, piece of furniture. I paid $40 for that. That night, I listed it on Facebook Marketplace and I sold it for $200. Now, it was a friend that purchased it from me. So I did actually go deliver it for her. And I usually don't recommend that. Typically, people come to my garage. Tony's kind of chilling with me so that I'm not alone and afraid. (laughs) So that's kind of how I structure that piece of it, the safety issue. But that's what I did. It was a $200 piece of furniture and you better believe I will deliver something for $160 of profit. You bet I will. So that's the other place where I find furniture. The second or the third, excuse me, place that I find furniture that I was surprised about is some of the local Habitat for Humanity stores. These are the stores where people go for extra equipment waste. So maybe some lumber or the old light fixtures, maybe a kitchen sink, like that kind of stuff where they take that and donate it to Habitat for Humanity and then they resell it. That store I was in not that long ago and I found a mid-century modern chair and I paid $2.12 for it. That was with tax. So I've listed it for $75. My thought is it'll probably sell for about $50 to $60. But again, I always price a little bit higher because I know I'm going to be reducing the price. So this is a super easy side hustle. Why do I share so much detail here of like how to do this and what you do exactly? Because it matters. I have found when I was doing the flipping the furniture very seriously, I say seriously, like maybe 10 hours per month. It wasn't much. But when I was actually doing that, I was bringing in $800. Now, this is in revenue. My profit was about $600, but still $600 in profit for about 10 hours of work. This is something you can do, I can do, we can all do. And frankly, the rule of thumb with this specific side hustle, when you think about this, you're like, why would people do this? People are lazy. They don't necessarily want to list it. They don't want to deal with the inconvenience of listing and selling furniture on their own. So that's why this side hustle works. I promise it does. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. I personally have loved this one. Now, the next side hustle that I want you guys to at least be aware is an option. This is a good one. It can be a really, really good one, depending on your work schedule, your life, all of that stuff. But I tested Uber Eats, and I had a lot of pushback. People were saying, you can't possibly make that much money per hour. It might only be like $13 an hour, not worth your time. And what I found was that that might be the case, but that is a terrible, terrible mindset. Because if it comes down to Friday night, I'm sitting on my butt watching Netflix, or I'm out there doing Uber Eats and making some cash, 
I always think it's better to make the cash, even if it's a small dollar amount per hour. Who cares? If you're making money from that, that is what matters. And it comes down to opportunity costs and choice. And so for me, if it comes down to that and it's how do I make more money or how do I sit on my butt and complain that I'm not getting out of debt or I can't put more money into my retirement accounts or I don't have an emergency fund, get off your butt and go try this side hustle. Uber Eats is so dang easy. It's super, super easy. What I found is if you drive Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday night, three nights per week, that's it, five hours each night, you will bring in about $150 to $250 for that weekend, depending on how much gas your car takes. Remember, I have an SUV, so it wasn't super fuel efficient, but it is very, very doable. Now, does that money seem like a ton? Maybe not, but if you add that up over the course of a month, that's about $1,000 potentially that you're bringing in in profit just for getting off your butt a few nights per week. It's super, super worth it, you guys. Uber Eats is easy, too. The way that you just you download the app, you upload, I think it's your driver's license, your car registration, or your proof of insurance, and they'll approve you, and then you can immediately start driving. You also get paid out every single day, which I think is helpful for people. So if you're like really strapped for cash, and you're like, I need money now, Whitney. How do I get this money? That's a really easy way to go. You're guaranteed to get some drives. You just have to turn on the app and be ready to rock and roll. That's basically it. Of course, there are some cons to this specific side hustle. One of the cons is that you are A, putting a little bit of mileage on your car. Again, I don't really care that much about it. I go on drives for the heck of it. So clearly I don't care about mileage on my car that much. So you do put some miles on your car, a little bit more wear and tear, but I don't feel like it's enough to hold you back. I don't, I I think it's an excuse basically. I think people use that as an excuse to not do it and not put themselves out there because it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit embarrassing. I get all of the above. I truly do. But I find it to be a very easy, easy side hustle. And yes, it's not the biggest bang for your buck, but it is truly on your own time where you can just sign in, you can just work for a few hours and then be done. And if you choose not to, something comes up and you can't you know, finish off an entire shift, there's no pressure because it doesn't matter. The other con to Uber Eats, what I find is that when you accept an order, you don't necessarily know where you're driving. So it could be a few miles. It could be 10, 15 miles. You don't necessarily know that. You do get compensated by the distance as well as the time. So if it's 5 p.m. traffic, you're going to get paid a little bit more. And you also receive tips. So just keep that in the back of your mind too, because it all works together. If you are trying Uber Eats, one of my suggestions for you is to make it very personal. So put in your your Uber Eats bio what goal you're working on. Trying to pay off my debt, trying to become debt free. For me, I think I said trying to travel more. This is my travel fund or something like that. I can't remember what I said. The other thing you can do is create little business cards from Vistaprint. You can get 250 business cards for free on Vistaprint for your first order. And you can do a little tiny, tiny little business card about what you're up to and why this is so helpful for you and why you're so grateful that they support your Uber Eats, whatever. You can staple that card to the food and that will help you personalize it so that people might be more willing to give you a tip. So just a little idea there. Okay, the next side hustle that I think is super, super fun, and I have seen more people earn six figures from, given this is more of a business style, but it's drop shipping. So drop shipping is super interesting to me because basically what that means is you are buying product from overseas, maybe from India, maybe from China, maybe from wherever the heck it could be, not even sure, somewhere else where it's it's quite a bit cheaper, and you're bringing that product over to the States and selling it either on 
Etsy, on Amazon, usually not Etsy. Typically, they want you to be a little bit more craftsmanship and a little bit more handmade. But I've seen people sell stuff on Etsy for sure. But usually it's Amazon or eBay or even, again, Facebook Marketplace, something kind of local. The way that drop shipping works is you will go to a website like aliexpress.com, A-L-I-Express.com. You can shop around and see what are some of the products, what jewelry, I mean, clothes. It's really all across the board, you guys. So just definitely go browse that website and see what you can find. Then you would buy a larger quantity of items. And then from there, it gets shipped over to the States. You can either have them fulfilled by Amazon, where it gets shipped directly to Amazon uh, distribution centers. This is a normal thing. It's called fulfillment by Amazon. It costs a little extra, but it is an option. So you could have that style. And then Amazon, when you get orders, would automatically fulfill that for you. So you're not even touching it. It's just happening in the background. You don't even see the product. Or you can have it shipped to your home, where then you can customize it, personalize it, and then ship it out yourself. A little bit more work saves you a little bit of money sometimes. Um, That's another option too. So drop shipping. Let me give you an example of two examples, actually, of how people were doing this. I have a friend that was, for a little while, testing side hustles uh, phone cases. So he was buying Beyonce, Rihanna, like really popular singers. He was buying those phone cases from AliExpress and he was using a Shopify website. Um, the plugin that he was using was Shopify. It was called Oberlo, O-B-E-R-L-O, I believe is how you spell it. So basically what Oberlo does is it will connect with AliExpress and do the fulfillment for you, the orders, the inventory. So it manages that. And then Shopify is basically just your your commerce platform. It's your website with the commerce stuff attached. So that's what it's designed for. So the way that he was doing this is he had his website. He had a Shopify account. He had Oberlo working in the background, uh, syncing up with his inventory stuff. He would go through Instagram accounts that were Beyonce, Rihanna, those kinds of fan favorites. He was going through and finding those fan pages of Instagram accounts. He was reaching out to them. He was direct messaging them and saying, hey, I sell Beyonce phone cases. This is a Beyonce phone page. How much do you charge for a shout out or for a, a sponsored post? They would give him a sponsored post. Typically, it was between $10 and $50, depending on the page. And these pages have like hundreds of thousands of people following. So it's really good eyeballs. He would then have that be a sponsored post. It would directly link to his Instagram account with his link. They would click on the link to buy the cell phone case. And that's how he was making money. So it's really, truly that easy. And that was how he was doing drop shipping. Another example of this, I have a good friend that does a ton of different drop shipping things. He does a lot of the fulfillment by Amazon now. And what he does is he will buy pocket knives. He will buy spotting scopes. He will buy, I mean, pans, kitchen pots and pans, like all kinds of really crazy stuff. And he will then sell it on Amazon. He has done this for multiple businesses. And I think last time I chatted with him, he was definitely over seven figures with his businesses. The guy's like 25. It's crazy. So he's been kicking butt with that. And it's very, very doable. The issue with that specific business model is sometimes it's a little bit cash and intensive. So I do encourage you if you go this route to not put a a ton of money into your inventory until you know it will sell, which is why I like Oberlo so much is it will help you with that process. So just be careful of that. If you choose to go drop shipping route, it can be cash intensive depending on the products that you're shipping, but it's very, very doable. So that's how drop shipping works. You would do aliexpress.com, find your product, create your website, sell it 
it's basically just wholesale materials. That's kind of how that works. So super, super fun side hustle. You can definitely make a lot of money, but you absolutely need to treat this more like a business. It's not like Uber Eats or flipping furniture where you can just hop in, hop out whenever you want. This is truly more of a business. Okay, the next side hustle that I have tested myself and have actually really enjoyed is having your own Etsy shop. So Etsy shops are interesting to me because you can buy all kinds of really interesting handmade things, maybe soaps, body wash, shampoo, um, artwork, jewelry, like, oh my God, there's so many crazy things. I think last year, the number one search term on Etsy was slime. I don't know where, anyway, slime was popular, you know, like the gooey stuff. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> you guys are like, uh, thanks for over explaining slime, Whitney. I appreciate that. So slime was the number one search. So if you could make slime, add some glitter, make it kind of fun, make it a little custom, maybe it's like galaxy looking, you could have sold that on Etsy and probably still make some money. So the area that I chose to go down for my Etsy shop was bucket list printables. So what this means is I have different printables that are for the seasons. So I have spring, summer, fall, winter printables. I have national park printables. I have all 50 states. So people can print these off and put them either in their bullet journal. They can blow it up so it's like a four by three on their wall. There's a lot of flexibility and customizability there. The reason that this side hustle works so well is because I have the graphic design experience to create this. I was able to pull up Illustrator and make all of this stuff. So that's one of the reasons why it works so well. If you don't have graphic design abilities, that doesn't mean you're out of the Etsy game. It just means that you have to get a little bit more creative and maybe you can hire somebody from Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com to do the graphic design for you. Or you could even go directly onto Canva, C-A-N-V-A.com and they have some templates that you can customize and use that for your Etsy shop if you choose to go the printable route. I chose to go printables because I wanted people to be able to download them in real time and I don't want to ship anything. Basically, I want to be very hands-off with this. And so I don't put a ton of energy into it, so it doesn't bring in a lot of money. I would say probably about 50 bucks per month. But it really, truly does just work in the background. I do next to nothing when it comes to work on it. Now, one of the tools, if you choose to go the Etsy shop route, that I highly, highly recommend is a tool called Marma Lead, M-A-R-M-A Lead. And what Marmalade does is it will help you find search terms because Etsy is very much a, it's a search term game. You have to be in the right areas for the keywords that people are looking for. So it will target different keywords and tell you what the search traffic is per keyword and which ones would be good for your listings. So I highly recommend that. I think it's a $29 app, but of course they give you like a 14 day free trial, maybe even 30 day. So definitely worth checking into. Now, to be fair, I'm not an expert when it comes to Etsy shops and all things Etsy related. I do have a shop. It's not my, I mean, it barely brings in any extra money, so I would not call myself an expert in that area. But I do know that somebody is an expert, and that's my friend Julie from Fire Drill Podcast. So Julie is the host of Fire Drill, and she's an absolute rock star. She does Etsy shops on the side and does all kinds of really interesting printables and brings in a decent chunk. I want to see between $500 and $1,000 per month off of her Etsy shop printables. Now she does this in addition to working a full-time job and running a podcast and as, and even a blog, like this girl's a hustler. She really is. The coolest piece about this is she just partnered up to create a course with Cody Berman, who was also on this podcast not that long ago. 
And one of the things that they're doing is they are creating three different courses. They have one on blogging, one on Etsy shops, and one on freelancing, which we'll talk about next. But that's the three different sections. So you choose your own path, choose your own adventure there. And then you can purchase the course, very, very budget priced. Right now, it's a four-day launch. So mark your calendars. On Thursdays, it's going to be getting launched so you can go purchase the course. The cool thing is if you choose to go that route, the courses are really awesome. I've gone through the Etsy one, and I thought it was really well done. I truly did. I thought it was incredible information. It was exactly what you need. It tells you, gives you that step-by-step roadmap of how to make money off of a Etsy shop. And again, it's all about doing a little bit of work. So if you choose to go that route, they, the course, if you want to support this podcast too, you can go to whitneyhanson.com slash gold city, gold city, whitneyhanson.com slash gold city. And that is my affiliate link. What that does is that gives me a commission for you purchasing the course totally helps support the podcast. It really, really does. Because as you guys know, I don't do a ton of ads on this show. I have had a couple sponsors here and there, but it it's a really great way to support the show and to keep it pretty ad-free for the most part. So that's one of the courses that I highly recommend because it will help you make more money off of your Etsy principal business. Now, the next side hustle that I have tested and personally love is freelancing. Now, let me be clear. I'm not really a writer. I don't enjoy writing as much, but I did do a lot of writing in the beginning of my business. So what I did for writing is I would reach out to different publications that would pay for guest posts, and I would get my my posts in there. I would pitch articles, ideas, topics, and see if they were interested. And if they were, I'd write up an article, send it their way. The cool thing with freelancing if you're doing it from a content creation standpoint, is you can actually make some pretty good cash. For the most part, for writing an article, you can expect to get paid anywhere between $50 and $250 when you're starting out. That's pretty dang good because it completely depends on how long it takes you to write, if you enjoy the process. So there's a lot of factors there, but if you do enjoy writing and it doesn't take you that long, maybe an hour and a half to write an article and it gives you 50 bucks, that's a pretty decent hourly rate. So I have found that to be really good. If you choose to go the content writing route and you want to get started, what I recommend is going to Google and doing a quick search that says personal finance blogs that pay for guest posts, travel blogs that pay for guest posts, whatever industry you want to write about. That's where I would start. I say personal finance because I have found that personal finance writing tends to pay a little bit more than some of the other industries, but travel industry is also pretty good too. So that's the other place I would start. And then I would go through, I would create a spreadsheet. I would make a list of every single blog that pays for guest posts and what their requirements are, how many words, what's the turnaround time, you know, what's the email address. I would create an entire higher spreadsheet of all of that stuff. And then one by one, I would go through and I would pitch them three different ideas. I would pitch them three ideas, give them the topic, give them a couple little bullet points of what you would cover, see if they're interested. Usually with this, personal stories work really well. So if you've had some interesting stuff happen in your financial life, that's probably the best way to go. Um, When I first got started, I was pitching how I paid off $30,000 in 10 months. That did a couple things. It brought in income, which is always nice. And then it also kind of builds yourself up as an expert because people start to resonate your name with different publications. So it can be a really good way to go. But that's how I would approach freelancing if that's the style you want to go with. 
And of course, I talked only about content writing as a freelance strategy. That's not the only thing. There's graphic design. There's podcast editing. I pay my podcast editor. He started as an intern, and I hired him on. Oliver is the best. He's literally my like godsend. I cannot get enough of him. He's so good. So he is. this is a side hustle for him. He's making some money editing my podcast, does it on his own time, And that's another way that you can just make some extra money. I'm also bringing on a video editor to do some stuff. This is, again, another freelance opportunity for somebody that has the skills. So do you see why this stuff all comes full circle? If you have some unique skills and you're willing to put yourself out there into the marketplace and offer your services and bring value, that's how you're going to make some extra money. It really does make a big difference. I think I pay about $1,000 per month in all of my different virtual assistants, editors, that kind of stuff. So I am a, I'm still a small business and I'm still paying $1,000 per month for services for freelancers. So there's definitely some money to be made there for sure. If you can hone in on what makes you unique, what are you good at and how can you sell that service? And a lot of times what you get good at and what makes you unique comes from you testing different side hustles yourself and getting your feet wet and just trying things out. That's how you're going to learn, and that's how you become a lot more marketable. So the secret to side hustle success in all of these different side hustles is one word, action. You have to go for action. You cannot sit and think on ideas. If you sit and think on ideas, your ideas are going to die. They're not going to go through with it. So it's very important that you strive for action over perfection. In the beginning, we get very insecure with our side hustles, with our ideas of putting it out into the marketplace. It gets scary. I totally understand that. Action over perfection, my friend. Put yourself out there. Get into the weeds of it. Learn some new skills and strive for making mistakes over being perfect. It's going to take some time to get correct. But if you have an idea, the next time you have a side hustle idea, I want you to take action within five seconds of that. What's one thing you can do immediately to get it off the ground, to get it going? It doesn't have to be a full-fledged idea. Go for progress. Don't go for perfection and definitely take that action. Well, guys, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I literally thought this was going to be like a 20 minute episode, but here we are almost 40 minutes. So I don't know what happened there. I guess I get really passionate about this topic and I just want you guys to really start to crush it. We've got six months left of the year, a little bit less. I think it's actually five, five months left of 2019. Do not let this year pass you by. Do not get into a recession and regret that you didn't take action during the rest of the year. Make it work. Get your financial goals in order and take action, my friend. You've got this. I believe in you. And if you need any help at all, please reach out to me and let me know how I can support you in your journey. And of course, if you want to go the Etsy shop route or start your own blog or become a freelancer and you want to join Jay and Cody's course, then definitely check out WhitneyHanson.com slash Gold City and choose your own path for which side hustle course is going to help you the most. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you did like this, screenshot it, tag me on Instagram. Let me know what your side hustle is going to be. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for your support. I love you. Hope you're having a great week and I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday. And of course, next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.